John was having a rough day. He had been uh, given orders by the Pope, by the Holy Father, that apparently were not communicated to uh, Lord down the line, to his immediate superiors. And so uh, they accused him of disobedience and kidnapped him and put him in a cell, a very small cell. It was so small, in fact, that he could barely lie down in it. Uh, and, uh, but it wasn't so bad. You know, they, they let him out of the cell about once a day or so for uh, public whippings. And they, uh, you know, they'd give him you know, bread and water and maybe some salted fish now and again. The John, this was uh, St. John of the Cross. He was seeking to bring about reform to the Carmelites uh, this, that become lax. This is back in the 16th century. St. John would go on to become uh, one of the great mystics of the church, teacher, a doctor of the faith. Uh, but this was a rough time. He was there in captivity for, for nine months till he managed to escape. Bit of a rough time. Uh, you know, what does it mean when the Lord is allowing you to go through a rough time, a difficult time? You know, does he care about you? You heard from Jeremiah, who got, you know, taken by his brethren and put in this cistern, this muddy cistern that he couldn't get out of. You know, where is the Lord in all of this? This is, you know, division at its worst. You know, St. John of the Cross, this was, these were his brothers, his brother religious who were doing this to him. This is what Jesus was talking about in the gospel, this division that would take place even within families. Or Jeremiah, this is his brother countrymen who were doing this to him. Does God allow this? Even worse, you might wonder after hearing today's gospel reading from uh, Luke 14, Jesus says, I have come uh, to bring division within families. Painful words to hear. What is he talking about? Where is God in all this? Does he care when difficult, hard, painful things happen to you? I would offer today that yes, he cares. That he is there with you in the midst of your suffering. And I would go even one beyond that and tell you that not only is he there with you in that suffering, but he is the cause of that suffering. Uh, scripture talks about this over and over, that God is present, that he is in control, that nothing happens in this world except he allow it. We see this over and over again. Lots of different scriptures I could bring up, but here's two. So Isaiah 45, 6 and 7, we read, that men may know from the rising of the sun and from the west that there is none besides me. I am the Lord and there is no other. I form light and create darkness. I make wheel and create woe. This is God saying this. That he's the one that's behind all of this. I create woe. I am the Lord who do all things. It's the Lord who wills adversity and difficulty. Again, in Sirach 7.14, it says, Good things and bad, life and death, poverty and wealth come from the Lord. 
Now you're probably sitting there thinking maybe perhaps um, what? All these terrible things? These, are, these come from the Lord? Is this what you're telling me, Father? Does God will evil? Does God will sin? No. So God does not will sin. He cannot and does not will sin. He might will that you get hit, robbed, beaten for your good, for your humility, for your trust in him, but he doesn't will sin. There's a difference, okay? The difference there, so sin is something that comes from the heart. It's in the heart. This is where sin is, more so than in these outward physical actions. Think about what our Lord said about adultery. He said, a man can commit adultery with a woman in his heart. This means he can do this without doing any physical actions, without any sins, okay? So the sin is in the heart. Uh, another example, someone is angry at you, and so angry, in fact, that this person wants to slice you open with a knife. I would say for this person, if they're thinking about this and fantasizing about doing this to you, this is sinful, sin that's in the heart, even without any physical action. Now, on the other hand, if you take that same physical action, being sliced open with a knife, and you have a surgeon that's doing this for your good, to do surgery on you, to procure some, you know, some good inside of you, slices you open. Here is the physical action taking place, and yet for him, it's not sin, because there's not sin in his heart. He's not intending some evil against you. So in this situation, this is not sin. So sin is not particularly some outward physical action. Uh, sin is something that takes place in the heart. And God does not, cannot, will not sin does not will this for anybody, okay? But he can will these outward things. I know this is kind of hard to kind of bring together in your mind, uh, but this is how it works. Uh, God is in control. You can trust him, you know, and we see him doing this uh, in different parts of the scripture. Uh, one, for example, Isaiah 10, talks about Assyria, how God's bringing Assyria, this wicked, evil nation, against his people, the people of God. He's using Assyria to punish his people, using Assyria for their good. He calls Assyria the rod of his anger, the staff of his fury, which he's sending to spoil, seize, and plunder the people of God. So God's in control. He's all-powerful. And yet, he does not will sin. And it might be seem challenging, perhaps, but you can trust him. He's all powerful. He's all good. He's in charge. The things that he wills, even when it's painful and hard, he wills for your good. He wills for your happiness. He loves you. He cares for you. He wants nothing but your holiness. This is why you can trust him, even when it's hard and painful, like what Jeremiah was going through with John of the Cross, or maybe what your family's doing to you. And we see this over and over again in the scripture, how much the Lord cares for you. Second Peter 3.9, he's not willing that any should perish. First Thessalonians 4.3, this is the will of God, your sanctification. Romans 8.28, God works all things for the good of those who love him, 
Hebrews 12, 6, God disciplines those he loves. Psalm 5, 12, he covers you with the shield. Psalm 40, 17, as for me, I am poor and needy, but the Lord takes thought of me. Thou art my help and deliverer. He cares for you. He loves you. In fact, he loves you so much, cares for you so much that, that God the Father gave his own son for you, to die for you. What possibly could he hold back if he gave you even his own sons? What St. Paul says in Romans 8, he says, When then shall we say to this? What shall we say? What shall we say to this? If God is for us, who is against us? He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, will he not also give us other things, all that he cares about for us? This is what the scripture says again and again. He loves you. He cares for you. And so I'd encourage you, even when it's hard, to trust in the Lord, that he does will your good through difficulties, uh, and to say yes to him in this. Because if you don't, it's going to be very hard for you because he is all-powerful. That means that nobody can resist his will. St. Paul talks about that in Romans 9. He says, who can resist his will? If you try to resist his will, and you can try, you're going to suffer without any merit, without any reward. In fact, you're probably going to add punishment to yourself. You're going to lack peace. Maybe you're going to grow in rage. You're going to whine and complain. It's going to be really hard to fight against God's all-powerful will. It's not going to work out very well. But if you say yes to the Lord, to whatever he might send you from his hands, he'll give you this beautiful peace. He doesn't give peace to everybody. Jesus said that in the gospel today, that he did not bring peace to the earth meaning he doesn't give it to everyone. But we know from Luke 2, remember the angels that were singing to the shepherds, announcing the Savior? They said, peace among men with whom he is pleased. So if you're accepting of the Lord's will, he'll be pleased with you. He'll give you his good and perfect peace. There was a priest who was asking God, over and over, show me what true spirituality is. Show me. And what I hear from the Lord, who told him to go to such and such a church, and he would discover what true spirituality was. So he did. He went to such and such a church, and outside the church, there was a beggar, clothed in rags. He was barefoot. And the priest said to the beggar, good day to you, brother. And the beggar responded, well, yeah, it is a good day. In fact, uh, you know, I can't think that I've ever had a bad day. And the priest says, what do you mean you've never had a, a bad day? You've had a, a good life? And, and the beggar says, yeah, you know, and I'm being serious. When I say that, I'm not being rash. When uh, I go for a day or two or three without any food, I say to myself, well, the Lord doesn't want me to have any food today, tomorrow, the next day. And if that's what he wants, then that's what I want. And I can be happy with that. Or if I get rained on or the sun comes out and burns me, I figure, well, if that's what the Lord wants, then that's what I want. If someone curses me and mistreats me, I say, well, that's what God wants, then, well, that's what I want. I'm okay with it then. 
and I'm perfectly happy. I've never had a bad day. And the priest went away from that conversation with that beggar uh, with the understanding that he had indeed discovered true spirituality, this gift from the Lord. Now, that doesn't mean that you need to be one of those people that goes around with this kind of inauthentic, fake smile on your face all the time, that you won't go through times of sadness and difficulty, because you will, but trust in the Lord during those times. You know, our Lord Jesus, when he was getting ready for his passion and death, he said, my soul is sorrowful even unto death. He had hard times. He asked his father to remove the chalice of suffering that he was about to encounter, but he did it with perfect humility and trust. Not my will, but your will be done. And so you can do that. Lord, take this difficult experience I'm going through away from me, but if you want me to go through this, then I'm totally okay with that. I'm totally open to it because I want whatever you want. St. Alphonsus Liguori, he wrote, uh, sickness is the acid test of spirituality because it discloses whether our virtue is real or a sham. You want to see, know if someone has real faith or not? See how they go through sickness. If the soul is not agitated, does not break out in lamentation, is not feverishly restless and seeking a cure, but instead is submissive to the doctors and to superiors, is serene and tranquil, completely resigned, whatever you want, Lord, to whatever God has, whatever his will, it is a sign that the soul is well-grounded in virtue. So when you're going through difficulties, hardships, painful things, yeah, you're going to go through those. Uh, trust in the Lord. He is the supreme good. He wills your supreme good. He wants nothing but your good and your best. Unite your will to his in all things, no matter what you're going through, no matter how hard it is, and you'll have peace. So where's God in hardship and difficulty? He's there with you. In fact, you can trust that he is behind those difficulties. He's in control. He's sovereign. He's all-powerful. Even amidst painful things, divisions, physical hardships, he's there. He loves you. He cares for you. Unite yourself to his will. You know, St. Teresa of Avila, great doctor of the church, good friend, mentor of St. John on the Cross, also from the 16th century, she would pray probably uh, around 50 times a day, Lord, do with me whatever pleases you. If you pray that prayer, if you pray it 50 times a day, Lord, whatever you want, I'm open to it. You do that, you will be a saint. You will become a saint. You'll be calm and peaceful, accepting of whatever the Lord might send your way. So make that your prayer today. As our Lord taught us, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Amen.